It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 at News Talk WSB, 64 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you do want to do or don't want to do. If you need an excuse, I can provide it, written excuse for you if you need it. If you need a way of having just a couple more flowers, a couple fewer weeds, if you need an organic gardening recommendation, if you need anything like that, the number, easy to remember, 404 872 0750 404 872 0750 Rob is out in Decatur and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey Rob, good morning. Hey, good morning. So your lawn, did you did you level it out? Did you dig it up? You got good zoysia side going, Rob? What did you do? Well, I had the zoysia put in uh, about three years ago and it's the, the lawn's doing well, but I've got you know, if you look over the lawn, there's just a bunch of divots or divots or low spots yeah. or it just it's not level yeah so i was just wondering what i should do and what time of year if i was to try and level out those low spots myself what is your what are your thoughts on that how low how much difference is there in height between the divots and the regular level of the soil uh that i mean that's hard to tell because the divots don't have much grass but it's maybe a i don't know an inch or it's just like little just little holes throughout the yard okay. where the grass isn't growing really well, but there's definitely, if you're stepping on it, you can feel a, a hole. It's lower. I'd say maybe right. it's below the ground level or half an inch below, but it looks like just holes in the yard. What you can do at this time of year <clears throat> is not much, frankly, because we're getting to the season where zoysia and Bermuda start slowing down, almost stopping hmm. their, their upper growth. I've noticed it on my St. Augustine lawn. Rob, back during July, it seemed like I was calling the kid down the street to mow every week. Come mow my lawn. It's getting real tall. And Miles had been there now for two and a half weeks, I think, because it hadn't needed to be mowed. Maybe this weekend it'll get mowed. Um, that said, the way that you level a lawn, Bermuda, Zoysia, anything, is to get some leveling mix, which you can make yourself out of... Um, topsoil and sand and some other things just make this sort of brown sandy mixture that you very lightly spread over a low area then broom it in you take a little broom and sweep it a little bit so it sifts down to the soil level and then you allow the grass to grow up through it and it's a quarter inch higher and you do that again next month it's another quarter inch higher and do it next month you got another quarter inch and so over a summer's time at least for zoysia you can easily i think get an inch worth of, uh, of leveling out of your mixture but late in the year, like now, eh, not much. Maybe one time is all I would try because you don't want to cover the grass up because you don't want yeah. it to die from you know being covered up by soil all winter. So if you want to do it, Rob, now would be the time to get just the first quarter inch down or maybe just do a little bit to identify where the lowest spots are so you have an idea of where to start next year. The time to do it, I'm thinking, would be late May of next year, Rob. Okay. Okay. And do it because I... Uh aerated the lawn too in the, the late spring should i do it after i aerate or does that matter i don't know that it matters all that much okay whichever way you want to do it i don't think it's going to make much difference to the lawn to the grass 
So just do it like quarter and inch increments. Do it a little bit. Yeah. Let it grow. Yeah, do it again a couple weeks later. Let do, it grow do a little bit. Partner, do it with somebody with a broom or somebody with a shovel. <laughs> One operates one tool, the other operates the other. You shovel it into the low places. The person with the broom yeah. brooms it in. You shovel some more. Easy with two people to do. Now, the mixture that you use, Rob, I know that you've been to a golf course or seen golf courses that use almost all pure sand when they have divots in the golf greens. But that's not yeah. what you use in a lawn. For a lawn, it needs to be something organic, something closer to the actual existing texture of the soil that you have, which is not pure sand, I don't think. So yeah. uh, you can either, as I say, mix it up using some of the better quality topsoil, or you can go to a... Uh, landscape supplies yard where they have the big bins that you have a truck maybe and they load it in or you take it and rent a truck and take it to your house or you can buy the stuff pre-mixed and delivered to your house at two or three places around town they'll do that one is um super sod down in palmetto okay. and super sod yeah. has these big yellow bags that they have these topsoil topping mixture all mixed up in there and they just deliver the bag right to your front front yard and you shovel it out whenever you want to there's several All ways right. of doing it. Just don't do it with pure sand. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet, Rob. Drive safely. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks for calling. We got, let's see, do, 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 do. Phil in Oxford has a big problem right now, it sounds like. Hey, Phil, good morning. Good morning. Uh, got a problem with dove weed. Oh, man, I, what a I, weed. Dove weed. Want, nasty weed. I want to get rid of it. It won't be in one fell swoop, Phil. It'll take you at least two sprays, one this year, one next year, maybe two next year. Um, Doveweed, for those who want to know what it is, doveweed looks like a grass, but it behaves like a broadleaf plant. So the stuff to use, if you would rather not just spray it with Roundup, and Roundup even then is only about 80% control. You don't get 100% with one spray of Roundup. But the broadleaf weed killers, the Weed Be Gone Max, uh, Bonide Weed Beater Ultra, and the uh, Bayer season-long weed control, all will start controlling it at about 50 to 60% efficiency, and they do another spray that gives you another 60 to 70%, you another spray, and you're pretty well cleared up. But it'll take persistence. It is a nasty weed to, to control, very resistant to herbicide. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. Well, I told you you had to do some work. Uh, Phil, if you want to look at it and see, just for the curiosity of it, whether it's uh, different from buttonweed, which is a different weed, still hard as heck to control. Virginia buttonweed has a white flower, and I was looking at my neighbor's buttonweed yesterday and saying, oh, yeah, Jack has a bunch of buttonweed in his yard. Uh, so buttonweed has a white flower. Doveweed is sort of similar, but it's more blue to lavender, purple maybe is the color of the doveweed flower. So either one, you know what you got. Both of them tough to control. Very good. I appreciate it. All right, Phil. Drive safely. We'll see you, man. We've got uh, Frank at Athens who's working on his lawn. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Thank what? you for taking my call. What would you do to your Bermuda lawn? Well, I changed uh, lawnmowers. Uh, about a month ago, yeah. I was convinced to get a real real mower, and on the highest setting, I still scalped what was once looked to be a pretty lush wow. uh, Bermuda lawn. So and is it I'm real still, unlevel? Do you have low spots and divots, or why is it scalping? Well, I I, I don't know, it, but the the real mower scalped it, and it's been about a month, and it's still probably I don't know sixty seventy percent. 
yellow with you know some greening spots huh. throughout. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know I've tried to water it two or three times a week. It's been getting fertilizer. I just didn't know, didn't know if there was anything else that I should do. I think you are where you are. <laughs> Not much else you can do, Frank. I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but you know, the first couple of feet with that new real lawnmower, you could have seen that it was going real low. Wow, it's really down low, close to the ground here. And you yeah, I sort come. of committed myself from the beginning. All right. Check and make sure the level of your lawn. You may need some of this lawn leveling stuff that we were discussing with the previous caller to make sure your lawn is flat. Don't let there be divots and, and, and low spaces where you ran your other lawnmower back and forth and back and forth over the years. You want to have your lawn completely flat. Real lawnmowers do best when you have flat surfaces. And if you find that you have low places, level it up next year. You can still use the real lawnmower. I would still think you'd be able to get it a little higher than what you have, it sounds like. Or use a rotary mower until you get it level and then start using the real mower. But the real mowers, they'll make a nice-looking Bermuda lawn. There is no doubt about that, as long as the lawn is level to begin with. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed at this moment. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully it'll come back. Or... I'll just about guarantee it'll come back, Frank, because Bermuda is tough, as you know, if you try to get it out of your flower bed. Or right. vegetable garden, so it's going to come back. It's just slow and ugly right now, and Frank is sort of, you know, ashamed to hold his head up in the neighborhood. But <laughs> it will come back, and so you're going to have a green lawn someday, just not this afternoon. <laughs> Very good. I thought I was being fancy. Now, Thank I hear you. you. I hear your wife back there. Who was it that persuaded you to 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 buy this real lawnmower, Frank? Oh. Uh, <laughs> she didn't take any blame at all, does she? <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, you know, ego gets ahead of us sometimes, right? We all do. Don't worry about it. You're going to have a nice lawn. It'll take a while. You'll do it. Y'all drive safe. We'll see you soon, Frank. Thanks for calling. It's 617 News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. When she walks, she swings her arms instead of her hips. When she talks, she moves her mouth instead of her lips. And I wait for her. Weird woman to go out with, I think. So she moves her mouth and not her lips. It's sort of strange conversation, I think, that I would have with her. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mix of sun and clouds today. High of 85, low of 67. Tomorrow, the same, a little bit more humidity, perhaps. 87 is the high, 68 is the low. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Bob in Marietta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bob, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Yes, good sir. Good to talk to you. Love your show. Thank you. Um, a couple years ago, my wife and I bought her parents' home, a lovely older home with a huge lot over in East Cobb, and front yard's great, but the backyard had never had any real grass established there, mostly weeds, and yeah. about a week ago, we had somebody come in and level the yard, pull out all the old 
stuff that had been dumped in the back, clippings and limbs, what have you. Um, and now I have bare dirt, and I've got a lot of trees, so I'm going to do fescue. And I have two questions. Mm-hmm. Number one, the weeds that were back there basically were scraped off. Do I need to pre-treat that? And also, I know it's a little early for fescue. What's the earliest that I could put it down and still have some success? Let's go to the first question first. So the weeds that have been scraped off, there's no greenery left of those weeds at this point? Correct. No leaves just scraped off flat. I don't think there's anything you can put down. No, because Roundup would be a normal thing to do, but you got, you got to have leaves for the Roundup to be absorbed. And there's not a herbicide or anything that I can think of that would make any difference in preventing the weeds coming up through the fescue or with the fescue there. Pre-emergent wouldn't be an idea because that would keep your fescue seed from germinating, so we don't want to do that. So right. nothing, I don't think, on the weeds. Just deal with them as they appear in the winter and next year. Now, okay. as far as fescue on bare dirt, when do we do that? Today is the 25th day of August. We're getting awful close, Bob. Nighttime temperature is in the mid-60s right now. Check what Kirk's long-range forecast is for the next week or so, next 10 days maybe. And if Kirk says it's going to be in the 60s and below the evening temperatures, Bob, you could go ahead and plant fescue now. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to try and get it in as soon as I could because, you know, even though we had the drainage kind of fixed on that, you know, it's on a little bit of a hill, and I'm afraid if we get a big frog strangler, I'm going to lose some of my dirt. Wash it all down the hill. Yeah, I understand. Uh, don't forget the caller we had about half an hour now, Bob, who talked about the importance of preparing the soil first before you lay sod in his case. But in your case, even planting fescue, one of the things that helps fescue survive the summer heat and drought is having a deep root system. And so if you just scraped it off flat and t- scraped all the weeds off back there without really loosening the soil so the roots can penetrate down through there, you run the risk of years worth of saying, doggone, in July, my fescue just doesn't look good. It's yellow, sort of, in July and August. Deep roots makes better fescue. Whatever you can do to prepare the soil, till it, do something, loosen it up a little bit, that'll make the fescue a whole lot happier in the summertime. Okay. Thank you, Walter. You bet, Bob. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750. To get you in to get your garden question answered, any question freely answered right here while you wait, Beginner questions, experience questions, any question you have about your garden, we got the answers right here. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning, 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful just by asking and answering questions. 404-872-0750. Ms. Frasca. Ms. Frasca is paying attention to me a little bit right now. Ms. Frasca, we will be giving away the weekend fri- prize pack in just a moment. Ashley will think of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a pair of tickets to the opening night of Corteo by Cirque du Soleil. Coming to Infinite Energy Arena August the 29th through September 2. Tickets on sale now at certainsole.com. Pair of tickets to opening night of Corteo 
Frasca, number of callers, number one, two, three, four. The fourth caller, 404 741 404-741-0750. Wins opening night tickets to Corteo from Cirque du Soleil. 404-872-0750 gets you in this morning. First in line, first in line, first in line is Denise in Villarica. Let's get the button over here. Hey, Denise, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Um, I have a question. I've got a, I believe, from looking online, mm-hmm. it is a hibiscus, M-O-S-C-H-E-U-T-O-S, mochoitos. Great actually, big flower, like big as a dinner plate right, big? Right. Okay. And um, I have, it, it looks like it's dead every year, and then it's, Late spring, it starts to show some growth. Yeah. But it's got a lot of dead uh, limbs, branches in there. Yeah. I'd like to prune those out, and I wonder if I should prune the plant itself in the fall. Yeah, in the wintertime, actually, Denise, when all the stems have turned brown and frozen, you cut the whole thing down to six or eight inches tall, let that be that. It'll spring back out uh, in the spring. Some a little bit earlier, some a little bit later. Those uh, swamp hibiscus are, I don't know, some of them just seems to be different in timing and when they bloom. But eventually your clump will spring new growth, the flowers will come, and there you got the great big hibiscus flower again. Yeah, mine seems to bloom in late summer, so it's okay. kind of a nice little plant that way. Yeah, sure, but just cut it back if you need to in the wintertime if you don't like the dead stems. And anything that's dead and brown now, cut them down. They're not doing anything for you. Okay. Well, I enjoy your show, and I enjoy your website. it got some good information off your website. So. Yeah, while we're at it, Denise, you know, the right now is a good time to point out the different kind of hibiscuses, hibiscus, hibiscuses that are blooming. You have your big dinner plate, the swamp hibiscus, I call it, but they're big, big, big white, uh, not white, but red, pink, maybe sometimes white flowers. And then you have the Rose of Sharon, which is sort of a big, tall bush with, uh, you can see the, the pollen-bearing part inside, so it's got the yellow um, parts inside the flower. That rose is sharing blooming like crazy right now. And then you have the Confederate rose, which is another hibiscus, but you never see the pollen-bearing part because the flower is so many petals all stuffed together in there. The Confederate rose is coming right now. And the scarlet hibiscus, I saw one of those the other day. And the way you know you have a scarlet hibiscus, besides the red flowers on it, the leaves look just like marijuana, just like it. So if you see a plant blooming red, leaves like a marijuana plant, that's scarlet hibiscus. I took botany. I actually know what that looks like. Well, go check it out. As a matter of fact, I have a whole web page, Denise, devoted to plants whose leaves look like marijuana. Uh, and I have a marijuana leaf on there too, but the, uh, let's see, scarlet hibiscus and okra sometimes looks like marijuana. Vitex looks like marijuana. What's the other one? There's another plant in there. I forgot now what it is. Maybe Cleome looks like marijuana sometimes. So if you want to know, those of you who do not know the difference between all these different plants, you would notice them this time of year, I guess, go to my website, type uh, marijuana, and <laughs> you'll get that page. <laughs> Anything else, Denise? Uh, no, that's it. You're just very helpful. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot. See you soon, Denise. Thanks for calling. We've got uh, Jean in Smyrna joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jean. Good morning. Hey. Hey. Um, before I get to my preen and roundup question, yeah. let me ask you uh, if you know um, 
about the how big the Amsonia Hubricti, uh, the Arkansas Blue yeah. Star, get in the Atlanta area. Um, the card says one and a half to two feet, but I've seen Ooh. information that says two to three feet. I Do you know how wide they grow here? The latter is more accurate, I think, here. Okay, um, good to know. Let's say New Moon Gardens has some planted at the intersection of Piedmont and Monroe. They're pretty easily three feet tall there. I've got one in my yard. It's probably two and a half to three feet now. Yeah, about two and a half to three feet tall. Are you talking about taller width? Because I um, may need to... to make mine wider. I've put some out, but... It's just rounded. I would say both three feet high and three feet wide. If you've got a good Okay, so they, they do grow about three feet wide I here. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, um, I'm confused about this. these um, weed preventer granules. Yeah. The spring... Preen um, says use it in the spring. Uh, Roundup doesn't specify. So it lasts for 12 months. You can use the preen... It, it says use every four months, and okay. so, but they both have different, um, you know, chemical yeah. active ingredients. So, which one is more effective for preventing mimosa weed? Mm. <laughs> mm. Until you got to the mimosa weed part, Jean, I thought, oh, I've got a good answer for her. <laughs> and then you said mimosa weed, and I thought, oh man, another terrible thing that's hard to control. Yeah, they're so, demon weed. Demon weeds, great, great name for them. <laughs> Well, that weed, dithiopyr. Look for the chemical D I T H I O P Y R. Dithiopyr. That's in I, okay. I wrote it down. All right, then dithiopyr twice. Once in early, actually, it'll be a little bit later in mid March. Let's go mid March, mid May. Uh-huh. And so, how about now? Because I see them springing up, and yeah, I've been pulling for three seeds, days. The seeds that drop now, they're going to be frozen by cold weather within the next you know, month or so, and cold okay. soil, it doesn't germinate all that well. In fact, uh-huh. that's one of the reasons I said split the application into mid-March and mid-May, is because the seeds, mimosa weed itself, is a pretty tropical plant, so it germinates very, very nicely in warm soil from uh-huh. spring through mid-summer. Mm-hmm. And then now, as the soil temperatures begin to cool, it stops germinating very well at all, so pre-emergence now really don't help a whole lot. It's the spring one that does the best uh, prevention. Oh, so mid-March and mid-May. Yep. Oh, thank you so much. That's so helpful. (laughs) I do my best sometimes. (laughs) Thanks again. Bye. Thanks for calling, Jean. I do my best. I try to have research-based, experience-tempered answers, things that really do work. And no, we do not ever use household vinegar or dish detergent on this show. They simply don't work. Dave is incoming. And joins us on Lonely Garden. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Uh, my question is this: um, I've got uh, sergeant spreaders on a hill that's got about a thirty-degree angle, yeah, and I have sprayed juniper, them. Am I right? That's a juniper, Dave. The, yes, correct, correct. Right. And uh, I've got spider mites, uh, which I have sprayed with uh, biofilm uh, two times a week apart. My question is this: How often do I need to do that? Do I need to do it like three applications or four applications? Mm. Two, I think, would be fine. And two weeks apart, that's about right. Yeah, spider mites are a little touchy in junipers because you want to use a miticide specifically or some product that says mite controlled by this thing. The reason that I'm thinking about this is, gosh, it's been 20, easily 20 years, Dave, that a person was talking to me about the hard time they were having controlling spider mites in their junipers. And they said, and we spray seven dust on that thing all the time, and it doesn't kill the spider mice at all. And I thought, 
You're right, because seven is an insecticide, not a miticide. And the seven insecticide killed every beneficial predatory insect in the junipers that eats spider mites. And so the spider mites had a clear view of chewing up all the juniper leaves that this guy had. So that said, make sure you whatever you okay. spray says miticide on it and follow the label about the about the uh, rate and the yeah, and, that, and that's what I've been doing. I've been using a pump sprayer so I can get the bottom side of it because yeah. I understand that's where oh, the egg, eggs are at. Perfect. And that's perfect why I, but I didn't know if I need to keep doing it like weekly for the next six weeks or just two weeks be enough. A couple of weeks should be fine. Right next year you know what the okay. damage looks like. and you, you know about slapping the limbs on a piece of white paper to find the spider mites? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. So next spring. Yeah, that's how, that's how I found them. <laughs> not, in, not in April, but in May, late May even. Uh, start monitoring then. And if you get them before the okay. real population buildup in June and July, then you're way ahead of the game. You may only need one application gotcha. next year. So try to monitor where when they start in May and early, early June and give them a squirt then, and that should control them pretty well. Thank you very much. Good talking to you, Dave. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. We got, who else we got here? Wayne, down in Cartersville, or up in Cartersville. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Wayne, good morning. Uh, my question is this. I have some pepper tomato plants in my small garden. I have had a lot of problems this year with red wasps eating the plants. What? what? No. Yes, I put seven dust on them, and it doesn't work. They just keep coming back. No. So why would a wasp, why, come on now, why is a wasp eating pepper plant leaves. Don't understand that. I don't either. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking here. I'm not going to argue with what you've seen, but I can't think of why a wasp, at least the paper wasp, the normal ones that hang under the eave of the garage and house, why a paper wasp be eating pepper leaves. Hmm. I don't have an answer for that part. And not only that, Wayne, I don't have an answer for why seven would not work because seven, I just talked to the previous caller, is a really, right. really good insecticide, particularly for wasps, yellow jackets, hornets, honeybees, kills them dead. Well, I've been using seven dust for years on my garden to keep yeah. everything away from it, yeah. but this time they it just doesn't seem to work for the red wasps. They just keep coming back. They may keep coming back because how often do you put the seven out on the garden, like once, like once every week, week and a half. That's about right. That's about what the label allows for you to do. And you, you do observe the waiting period after applying the seven before you harvest and mm -hmm. do your tomatoes and all that. You know, Wayne. My guess is that the seven is deteriorating. Got washed off, maybe because of all the rain we had this summer. Something's going on with the seven, not affecting the wasps. It should kill them dead if they come in contact with seven. It will kill them dead. So okay. there's just something they're not getting in full contact with it or something like that. And I still haven't figured out why you would see a wasp eating a pepper, pepper plant leaf. But, again, I'm not going to argue with you about that. If you say it, I'll believe it. I want, him to, I want to see him eat the pepper. <laughs> All right. If you see that, you take a picture. You show me the picture, and I'll believe that. Because as hot as they are, I don't think he's going to stay long. Oh, that's right. For a while, you see a little trail of smoke behind them. <laughs> fly away from your pepper plants. Yeah, because I grow uh, ghost chili. I go, oh, man. Uh, grow the ghost peppers. I hope you use gloves when you pick those things. You be careful with those, man, Wayne. Don't be 
messing around with ghost chili peppers. They'll eat you up alive. There are some hot things. It's 747 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mix of sun and clouds today. High of 85, low of 77 tomorrow. Pretty much the same. A little bit more humid tomorrow afternoon. High of 87, low of 68. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday. Your AJC Sunday edition is going to be on my front porch. Could be on yours as well if you subscribe. It's all the news you need, plus hundreds of dollars in coupons. They've got Bill Galloway. Gosh, Bill Galloway is such a good writer. Man, he's good. Covers the political stuff downtown in the state capitol. Been there for like, what, 30, 40 years, something like that. Greg Bluestein, Bill Torpy this week. Quite often, Bill Torpy tears people new things, new openings in their body they might not otherwise have. So I enjoy reading Bill Torpy, too. And uh, oh, who is it? Oh, Maureen Downey did a great job this week as well. Anyway, going back to say the Atlanta Sunday, Atlanta Journal Constitution Sunday edition, incredible, compelling, complete. Get it wherever you get your normal newspapers or subscribe, like I do, for seven days a week. Rob is in Snellville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rob, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing fine, Rob. What's up? I got two questions about a Leland Cypress. I have four of them planted relatively close together. Yeah. One of them, the trunk splits a couple of times. It basically, after about 10 feet, has four trunks. Hmm. And one of them is, uh, all the needles are falling off of it. It's practically completely dead. Yeah. And I wanted to know, first, should I cut that trunk out and leave the other three? And secondly, if I, if I create an opening where a little bit more sunlight gets in there, these Leland cypresses are 18 years old. Yeah. Will they start growing fresh branches and, and start filling in those gaps or not? Uh, answer number one, yes. Answer number two, no. Okay. <laughs> yes, Rob. Yeah, if the, if the needles are all brown on the part that is dying dead, it's not going to come back. It's not the way Leland's work. So, yeah, go ahead and cut it out. And as far as the brown part that's left where it comes out and you got the lower sort of naked brown parts of the other healthy Leland cypresses, they're not going to sprout much either in there. That's just, again, not the way they work. They're not like hollies and others that will sprout when they get new sunshine in there. The Leland's okay. and uh, what are the other things, arborvitae and things like that, junipers, they don't sprout from from hidden buds. Hollies and things like that have little hidden buds, adventitious buds along the stem that'll sprout out when they have some sunshine and warmth hit them. Uh, Leland cypress and arborvitae don't have them, so they just stay brown. So sometimes you can plant something if you want to, Rob. You can plant something uh, medium-sized green underneath a Leland that maybe tolerates shade a little bit. Maybe a hydrangea. I've seen Laura Pedlum put under there as well, but one of those plants that's take some shade and can exist in that spot, that'd be your best bet to do. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden afternoons. news.